0: Wrestle plug 444 for life. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to hashtag get plugged in. The refreshing, empowering moment that we have all wanted from WWE. It's like ordering uh, a medium pizza and then turning up with an extra large in a bottle of Coke. You absolute moldy cheese fucking
1: Baby Bell Dairy lead dunker shit. What happens is these fucking people
0: live in this
1: fantasy land.
0: Everyone got their shit in. Everyone got each other over. Everyone looked good and made the industry look great. People need to fucking back the fuck off Ronda Rousey. New wrestling talent. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, over the age of 18, if not, get out of here, unless you're Aaron Crooks, he's like 12. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the rest of the plug. We're going to discuss NXT New Year's Eve, which we have just watched live. But thankfully for you, you don't have to just look at my ugly mug. You can look at another ugly mug from across the pond because joining myself, Aaron X, is of course the returning master of Sly Fox broadcasting. If you're into sports, you should be checking out Sly Fox Sports on YouTube. You can see me, but most importantly, you can see this man, Jeremy Sly Fox Miller. Welcome back to the podcast, sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you for having me. And my God,
1: what a fucking pay-per-view slash... What, I don't know what you call that, mini pay-per-view, but that was yeah. fucking insane.
0: Yeah, television pay-per-view of sorts. Now, uh, you know, I don't care that they're going head-to-head. I had a choice. I could watch AEW's New Year Smash Part 1, or I could watch this. Ultimately, Which, I had to choose this. I'm
1: kind of irritated with AEW because that's just a rip-off of NJPW's New Year Dash.
0: Yeah, it is a little bit Uh, actually. Fuck off. (laughs) Seriously. Yeah, and that was quite eventful as well. My lord. Um, but yeah, we're gonna cover this. We'll also cover AEW as well. We'll catch up with that and no doubt we will drop a review that might be dropping parallel to this. But we're gonna discuss NXT and what way to open the show. As you know, I love meaty, meaty Hoss battles, and they don't get much bigger than Damian Priest versus the returning Karrion Cross, at least the returning Karrion Cross to pay per view. Karrion Cross, of course, spent a uh, number of months out with injury after winning the NXT Championship. And here he is going after Damian Priest, uh, who has, of course, been on a tear of his own right great match uh carrying cross remains undefeated um i know this was the match that you missed out on because you had started watching new year's eve late which is fine uh i thought it was excellent hard hitting do you know what i loved about this match only one flip in the entire match now i'm not going to harp on about how i hate AEW because i don't uh, i'm not going to take cheap shots uh, like so many people do but i will say one thing a lot of their matches involve a lot of athletic gymnastic kind of stuff and that's fine But I like to see a good variety of matches. And this is why I prefer NXT. Not because it's necessarily far and away a better product, but because it gives me a little of everything instead of really hammering the senses with too much of the same thing. This match, one flip, and that was when Damian Priest does his fantastic little springboard tope where he sort of springs off one rope over to the outside does the flip onto carrying cross other than that no flips no crazy high flying nonsense and because of that it meant that the cruiserweight title match which came after that had more impact for me it meant more to me because i was seeing a lot more of that lucha libre style which isn't necessarily just flipping um fantastic match cross obviously wins uh, i thought that was fairly predictable especially as he's still undefeated obviously you've got to think that he's going to be heading his way back to the nxt title once he's done with this rivalry um obviously you didn't see the match so i'm not expecting you to comment on that but you okay with cross still being undefeated don't feel like this hurts priest too much no i think
1: damian priest is i think i'm gonna go out and say this damian priest is going to be an, a surprise entrant in the royal rumble this year Good choice. i think he's mm. i think he's ready to get that push that keith lee got mm. put him in the rumble and let him do his thing. Um, he seems like he'd be ready for a main roster push. I could see him and Drew McIntyre killing it. That would be a fucking hoss battle if I've ever seen one. At least it, would, it wouldn't be Oldberg or anything like that. Fucking idiot.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> but,
1: um, I am a I am glad that Cross won. I expect Cross to go right after Finn Balor. Or Kyle O'Reilly, whoever won. Uh, but you know he he lost the title because he got injured. He's gonna get the title back, and I have no doubt in my mind that somewhere, probably next takeover, we'll see Cross versus the NXT champion.
0: No question, no question. No I think that's uh, I think that's lining up nicely. On to cruiserweight business, a like, uh, uh, Fantasma's leader, Santos Escobar, who, frankly, looks like a G. What a gangster that boy is. There are a lot of people looking like gangsters on this show. That guy looks so polished, so good. The future of Latin wrestling. I take a real pride in Latin culture, as everybody knows. I particularly love Latin American wrestling, Lucha Libre wrestling. And as I've explained so many times on this podcast, Lucha Libre doesn't mean flipping around like a young buck. It means a lot of different things. It can mean high-flying, like, of course, the king of the ropes himself, Grand Metallic, who challenged Santos Escobar for the Cruiserweight title. Uh, Ultimately, fruitless effort for him. Um, There was a little bit of interference. Of course, he had a Lince Dorado at ringside. Been quite a good week for the Lucha House Party as well, beating uh, the Hurt Business on Raw. Uh, Looks like they're next in line for a tag team title shot, which is nice to see. Getting some use out of them. They're not just sitting around being jobbers. And I really like that. WWE gets a lot of shit for not using enough of its talent But ultimately, these are guys who about a year ago were jobbers and nobody gave a shit about. And here they are in a more prominent position. Great match. Uh, again, because I didn't see too much flipping or over-the-top nonsense from the first match, this meant more to me when I did see it. But what I liked about it was the fact that Santos Escobar is a very ground-based Lucha Libre artist, very similar to Angelico, who spent a lot of time in AAA in Mexico. Uh, there's very much an onus on technical wrestling in Lucha Libre. And if you actually speak to a lot of the legendary luchas and people like Blue Demon Jr. and things like that, Mil Mascaras and everything that goes with that, it's not always about, you know, 450, Sal cal triple flip, corkscrew moonsaults into the oblivion. um, There's a lot more to it and this match really showed that and what I liked about it was the onus on history tiny little storytelling aspects as well trying to remove the mask because in his eyes he doesn't need to wear a mask because he's better than that he's above that culture he has evolved from that culture and of course Grand Metalik still much more traditional in the sense of wearing his mask and ultimately when you remove your mask it's supposed to be a tribute not only to the fans but a a sort of sign of respect and moving on you know it it has so many different meanings can mean a sign of disrespect you know Mask versus mask. Uh, I think it's called a lucha de Espuesta uh, or somewhere along those regions. My apologies. Actually.
1: It's a, it's basically a death sentence if you. Yeah, it's your-
0: it's very important in Mexico actually. You get a lot of mass versus Mark. and actually, if you look at uh, Wikipedia's of any Mexican wrestlers, you'll see that they actually have a separate um, win loss tally for the esguetero matches, which is the mass versus Mars stuff. But yeah, uh, I love Santos Escobar. He is a G. I think the placement of the two guys next to him as well. Um, I think they. are – I think it's why is it Raúl Mendoza and uh, I know he's DJ. Huh? Joaquin, Joaquin Wild and Raul Mangual. Yeah, who I know obviously is, DJ's is DJT. It was fantastic in TNA for a while. Uh, yeah, I think they're in a good placement as well. Not too over the top. They make for a fairly decent tag team, but ultimately there he's heavies Like this match, good match. Uh, another win for Santos Escobar. Um, as far as like who challenges, who takes the belt from him next? Who would you like to see be the next Cruiserweight Champion? Go with me on this. Okay.
1: So we've got Legado Del Fantasma. We've got Santos Escobar, Joaquin Wild, and we've got Raul Mendoza. They just went up against Lince Dorado and Graham Metalik. There's – Kalisto is – I don't even know what the fuck's going on it's with Kalisto. Guy, apparently.
0: He got drafted um, to SmackDown.
1: Oh, yeah. Okay. Mm. Um, I could see they do another – Latin faction, bring Andrade back down Mm. and have Andrade go up against Fanta or uh, Legato, with Metalik and Dorado. And then set up at like the bigger, like the WrestleMania pre-pay-per-view Andrade versus Santos Escobar for the Cruiserweight title.
0: You might have to cut a bit of weight. I think Andrade, he's a... It's a big unit of a man these days. He's pretty jacked. But, I mean, from a wrestling standpoint, that would be world class. That would truly be one of the best matches you'd see all year. Um, I'd love to see that. I'd actually like to see a use of more legends as well. I'd love to see, not necessarily win it, but I think, uh, I think what would really help Santos Escobar is a win over Rey Mysterio. Ooh. Um, I think that would really set things apart, particularly as you've got Halloween coming up. You could have Halloween Havoc, a little bit of a nod to that. He could wear the same gear he wore in that famous Cruiserweight title match in 1997 against Eddie Guerrero. I think that would be fantastic. Nice little tip of the cap, as they say, to things. And I think that would really set Santos Escobar on his way. But I like him because he's very different to the, your typical Latin wrestler. You know, he's more promo heavy. Um, do I think he's the next Eddie Guerrero? Not entirely i think he's a very different style of wrestler actually in a lot of different ways Uh, a little bit more cartel orientated i see
1: him being as much as i hate the guy
0: but i liked him in the ring i
1: see him more being like an alberto del rio
0: yeah, there is that, actually, that kind of uh, almost like an obscene arrogance about him. Like, you know, I'm, I'm a man of wealth and taste. And actually, actually, that's a line, obviously, from the Roman Stones. And it's also one that Wade Barrett uttered during this match, who, by the way, was fantastic on commentary. Um, of, you know, uh, it's big shoes to fill for Vic Joseph and Wade Barrett, you know, having to take over, essentially, from Nigel McGuinness and Ra- Mara Ronaldo, And they've done an excellent job, actually. Far better than the other Wednesday night commentary team in my personal mm. Um, but yeah, nonetheless, a very good match indeed. Uh, the women's last women's standing match, uh, is <sighs> now, um, I'm gonna try not to be too crayon because obviously I'm very much in love with um, uh, Ra- Raquel Gonzalez, she is literally like my perfect one. Uh, her and Dakota Kai as a pairing, that's unacceptable. I, I have a hard time watching without passing out from dehydration. Um, but um, nonetheless. <laughs> Uh, I love Meaty Hoss. And who says that Meaty Hoss should be restricted just to the men? Absolutely not. Rhea Ripley is literally this close to being you know projected to the stratosphere of stardom uh i think Mm
1: -hmm.
0: he's very much ready to be the next big marquee talent it's quite funny actually because when charlotte flair beat her for the nxt title at wrestlemania people were like oh my god this is fucking disgusting one outrage actually what that was for me personally and what i'm getting the impression is that was a taster to see how well miss ripley was going to do on a larger stage she got to compete at wrestlemania against arguably the biggest women's wrestler in the world i don't think that's necessarily a bad thing even though she dropped her belt. Her booking has been a little wishy-washy in places, but this stuff that she's done with Raquel Gonzalez has not only reinvigorated her in a lot of ways, but it's also helped bring up new talent. Kota Kai feels like a bigger starter through this, even though she got mm. stuck in the locker during this match, which is, um, shows how small the young lady is. Absolutely amazing. I love it. I fucking like, love like, it. Wow. Like just even even something as serious and as violent as match found its way into a comedy element there. So that's how you do comedy and wrestling well without being ridiculously stupid about it. This, for me, was match of the night, actually. I thought this was head and shoulders above everything else. And also, again, like I say, I don't want to take cheap shots, but I will say this. AEW's women's wrestling is garbage by comparison. And how anyone can argue that NXT isn't as good as AEW when it comes to women's wrestling is frankly, well, let's just say you need some medication. And we'll leave it at that because I want to be polite. Um, But ultimately, this is a world-class match. Not only that, it's a world-class gimmick match you would not afford this kind of quality of gimmick match to a lot of women around the world, particularly at an AEW. I wouldn't trust their women to be able to pull off a match like this. I can trust. And the thing is, with Raquel Gonzalez, she's only really been in the spotlight for the better part of six months. And already she feels like a monstrous star, like her back muscles, her presentation, everything about her. She's just a Leviathan, and she's ready-made to fill that slot, because obviously Rhea Ripley, especially after losing this match, is, yeah, she's moving on to main roster. What that means is Record Gonzalez can slide right in as the destroyer of the women's division. No problem. You don't miss a beat. Fantastic stuff. I love this match. I love both these women. They are world-class. They are specimens. The physicality, the beauty, the technical precision, the power, the aggression, the star power, the it factor some people feel like stars they jump out of you through the screen and these two women do as soon as they come out as soon as rhea ripley's music hits this is my brutality she stomps that foot down the fire goes off the way she looks is so different to anyone else it's like a full evolution of what lita was lita started that kind of alternative look for women in wrestling and before that you can look back to people like wendy richter and stuff like that but ultimately she is the perfect evolution of everything that you would want in a women's wrestler right now um i I am gushing over this match. It was world-class. I love this match. It is already an early contender for match of the year. I will be, well, I mean, I'll tell you what, there are some amazing women in this company. They're going to have to go some to try and beat that. That was fantastic. You won't see a better last man or women's standing match all year, in my opinion. That match was probably the best
1: last man standing slash women's standing that I've seen since probably no mercy 2008 wasn't that the one with orton and triple
0: h mm, i do like that Ed, i'm quite a big fan of kane versus um jericho from armageddon 2000 mm,
1: that was a good one too yeah, also triple, um,
0: h, uh, triple h versus jericho as well at fully low division. oh my god well yeah triple h actually um, the master of the last man standing match so indeed <laughs> yeah. uh but no
1: this oh my god it this just proves that Rhea Ripley is ready. Yeah, she is ready to go, and I'm going to put this out there for everybody to hear. My pick for the women's Royal Rumble this year is Rhea Ripley. Mm.
0: Brave choice. Good A choice. Very
1: brave choice. Good choice. she's,
0: she's got to be in it. She's, she's got to be, be. I would wait. I would wait till the Rumble to debut her on the main roster. I, I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind seeing Raquel Gonzalez in the Rumble. I mean, she could have a There's no reason why these women can't have a turn. Obviously, because they haven't got as many women as they have men on the roster, it's much easier to slot in somebody. You know, we've seen Casey Gatanzaro, for instance, have a fantastic little turn in the rumble. It's a good place. I think uh, Zia Lee, who we're about to chat about, she would uh, make for a nice little appearance in this as well. Um, Man, the future of women's wrestling in WWE is fantastic. You can say what you like about WWE with the COVID protocol and everything that goes on with it. But I'll tell you what, there is no denying the best women's wrestling in the world. Indeed house in wwe and nxt and when people say not WWE nxt they're all under the same umbrella just get over it please <laughs> so the only boring.
1: difference is one's run by hunter and one's run by vince they're all funded by the same bank <laughs> same right? Bank they're board. all they're all the same umbrella it's just two different creatives
0: yeah and also which you can roster. definitely tell the main oh. roster has Charlotte Flair and Sasha Banks and Bailey and Bianca Belair and Asuka and and oh my lord, it's it's a wealth of riches. And
1: NXT really has amazing. Rhea Ripley and Shotzi Blackheart and Candice Bray, yeah. Io Shirai, yeah. Raquel Gonzalez, Dakota
0: Kai. But honestly, have just women shows, and I'd be okay with that. I really yes. Would yes give me uh, another another women's evolution yeah that that i'm amazed they haven't done that yet and i wouldn't be surprised if they do to try and bolster ratings as they struggle this year but they should have been doing that every year from that point onwards anyway because it shouldn't just be a novelty it should be a long-term thing because exactly Incredible! These women are the best part of everything that I watch, and this is the reason why I prefer to watch NXT. Is genuinely because the women's wrestling is so superior in every sense to what. Dynamite. Yeah, I
1: mean, when you look at, I know we're going to talk about AEW in, in another video, but when you look at this cards, you have Abaddon versus Hikaru Shida on AEW, and you've got Rhea Ripley. Versus yeah. Raquel Gonzalez in yeah. the last. There's nothing number.
0: wrong with those two either. They're they're great women's wrestlers, and I really like Hikaru Shida. But at the same time, you know they're not afforded enough time to be booked properly. No, and both, both shows have exactly the same amount of time, so there's no excuse for why AEW doesn't book women's wrestling. But we could do a separate video based on that alone. That's As cool. I Lee uh, made an appearance, walloping some poor lucha lady. Um, I've forgotten her name because I don't care, frankly. Um,
1: to <laughs> something. Yeah, or, uh, Ramos? I
0: don't know. Or, I don't No idea. Name. Sorry, love, but you got battered Yeah. Um, <laughs> it almost that.
1: looked like a sexy star from Lucha Underground. Yeah,
0: very much and so. I'm
1: wondering if it was
0: her and that I, she just. Uh, was it Cortez or something? I, I think I'm pretty yeah. sure I saw her in a May Young classic, possibly. um Maybe whatever um but yeah. either way this was a great chance so zaya lee has kind of really struggled to find a place on this roster because she's just been very sweet likable little chinese lady ultimately and now they're really playing up to this they're like hang about you are a martial artist legitimately a world-class one why don't we just make you a vicious more combat-esque character and now they've brought in this almost nod to the triad as well yeah um, she, and i'm she loving reminded it Me of katana a little bit Honestly, after watching Impact and seeing Karate Man, I didn't think I'd get enough of my fill of Mortal Kombat for the week, and then they just threw some more at me, and I was so happy about that because that was fucking <laughs> phenomenal. So we get we get we get Mortal Kombat, and now we get Kickboxer and Bloodsport, and I love it. It's mm. it's so good. I love the gimmick behind it. Uh, I love the fact that they're using, I believe, the other Chinese lads who's kind of at ringside, looks like a triad like hitman agent, shades and everything. Power. Always work, yeah. Fucking phenomenal look that guy's got really cool. And um, you've got this unique entity, this kind of mask wearing guy who sits at the chair. I love the entrance, the darkness, the way they kind of shadow around him. I really like the promos building up to this for the weeks as well. This kind of, you know, they're almost like abducted and forced into this dark ritualistic training to not feel any pain. And I tell you what, Zylee. Uh I follow her on Instagram, obviously, (laughs) who doesn't follow. Beautiful women like that on Instagram and she's so shredded, and she's actually put a lot of time into her training and her body is at an all-time peak. She looks so jacked and this coincides beautifully with this gimmick and she dispatched this woman with a violent uh, inverted roundhouse kick uh, just oh. absolutely beautiful and just do you know what when I was watching this I couldn't help but feel that this was how I think they wanted Kenta to be when he was part of uh, Hideo Atami, when he was part of NXT mm. and that fell flat on its ass. and she actually captures that essence far better um, she's very much a, a female Kenta in a lot of ways but she's our own character let's just hope that she does and end up like kenzo suzuki yeah no that's uh, i i shouldn't think that would be the case it seems to me that the women have been afforded now the opportunity to kind of stand out on their own and for the most part they don't drop the ball with the women and i love that wwe has got a great track record of making women's wrestling world class in the last couple of years and particularly here uh i'm intrigued i'm excited okay. i think it looks good um there was quite a few uh, little bits and bobs weren't there leading into the main event as well they kind of crammed some stuff in unfortunately we didn't get the fight pit match we were expecting Timothy Thatcher versus Tommaso Champa. Thatcher has a a minor injury we will get that later down the line that's probably quite good because they'll probably use that on an NXT weekly and that will certainly draw in some ratings because who doesn't want to watch those two in a UFC like manner battering the shite out of each other Um, so I'm looking forward to that Um, we also had a, (laughs) a, a surprise appearance for the way, <laughs> oh, the way. Yes. I'm this. I, I didn't think I would at first because I'm not a big fan of mishmash um, factions where you just throw some people together. But it's all about the soul of Gargano as this obnoxious little prick, and he's so good at it. And yes. I disagree vehemently with people who say that he's a terrible hero. I think you're wrong. I think he's phenomenal. He gets great. here. I think Candice LeRae is stunning at his side. She's beautiful, but she's also really credible because she can whip ass with the best of them. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not as hot on Indy Hartwell. She just kind of seems like a bit of a, a t- now I know Austin theory is not very popular because of obviously allegations and things like that. But if I'm analyzing him solely from a wrestling perspective, he was very funny in this segment. You know, he got shot in the goolies. Um, which uh, is one of my favorite lines of all time where Ray Barrow's like, he just got shot in the So I was like, that is amazing, so English so, so fucking, oh god, yes I was so happy, the tank shot, obviously you know, Shotzi Blackheart comes down and interferes before that we had that amazing Primo as well, and Gargano's talking about how I'm the sexiest dancer and is like, do you know what, you might be the most powerful man in the world right now, It's like, you know what, I think I might be, it's so funny (laughs) shout out to Baker Mayfield yeah exactly yeah oh, i love that talking about the cleveland browns and masturbating furiously over the fact they'll be in a playoffs oh, it's just it's so yeah. good so so good and,
1: and the picture that indian yeah. Austin.
0: oh fuck what it, a beautiful man. piece of art and dexter loomis is <laughs> probably rings so going hey fuck you i've got <laughs> <laughs> you know he was the host of this show and uh, of course dexter yes. loomis the bell rings of course when kashida and shotzi come out and dexter loomis is just like yeah i'm in charge Oh, okay, no one's going to argue with him because he looks like a serial killer and a world's in the world's right. nicest tuxedo. Um, I love the fact that nope. he was on commentary and refused to say a word. That was quite funny as well. And Wade Barrett's like, he's like, "Are you going to rip on his tuxedo?" It's like, "Shut your mouth." He's terrifying me. It's like, <laughs> I really and then he did
1: it. say something about Loomis's, uh, what was it, Loomis's something or another, and, and uh, he said something Vic about Joseph's,
0: his tailor. Yeah, and Vic <laughs> like, Joseph's like he said you <laughs> look like trash you hear that? um you know i really love the comedic energy between vic joseph and Wade Barrow. i genuinely think this is becoming one of the best commentary teams in the world they're so funny so entertaining but they can be serious when they need to be and yes. i really love that and of course they've got that really cool little bit of analysis that comes from beth phoenix who's kind of off camera so to speak she's kind of i don't know if she's providing analysis from home or whatever it I, might I was
1: be, gonna but... say i'm wondering if she's doing like zoom call from home. i think so something. yeah
0: i think so it works well though actually i like it, it. does it's very refreshing uh, and it's very similar except to the for the
1: the cars. first time that they did it and they had some stand-in with vic and wade standing in for beth and they're like Ooh. The fuck is that? <laughs> yeah,
0: very strange. Very, very yeah. strange. I'm glad I got away from that. But this this is very um reminiscent of sports broadcasting, you know, sort of panning, you know, you'll have a, a very legitimate female journalist, maybe at ringside or wherever it might be, pitch side, uh, discussing, you know, the sort of ins and outs and things. And obviously, Beth Phoenix adds a lot of credibility because she was such a world-class women's wrestler in her own right and very well decorated yes. and rightfully so. Um, but yeah, fun little match just to fill things in. Um, yeah, Bronson Reed was at ringside as well for the uh the women's match i forgot to mention that really looking forward to seeing what they do with him later down the line uh kashida getting a win obviously over gargano sets him up nicely as the next contender for the north american championship which is going to be a fucking banger i mean that's two of the best wrestlers in the world uh you know those guys could get away with being cruiserweights actually like it's Mm -hmm. um that's how good they are. They're so special and yet much smaller kind of wrestlers. And I love the fact that in this day and age, you can get away with having smaller guys like this challenging for their version of the IC title and it doesn't miss a beat. And I love it. I love it. There's a great crossover. And also it means that if you want to push Santos Escobar further than being just a Cruiserweight champion, you know, you can say, well, these guys are a similar size to him. So there's no problem there. Exactly. Um, Great warm-ups, great little filler, brings the tone down a bit, calms you down after that women's match, of course, because next up is the main event for the NXT Championship. The Prince himself, uh, Finn and Balor, defending against everyone's favourite guitarist, Kyle O'Reilly. Um, Undisputed Era is carlo O'Reilly. Now, this, this match had a, quite an abrupt ending, actually. Um, very similar to the last one they wanted to tell the story about the bad chin you know the, the jaw it was the idea was a receipt now Wade Barrett did a great job in commentary talking about receipts in wrestling mm-hmm. and as you and me will know as trainees um you know receipts the idea oh, is that someone gives you one receipts. you give them one back with exactly. an extra bit of interest and that's essentially what this match was about Finn Balor wanted to make an example of carl Riley's jaw the same way that he did now the only thing that annoyed me about this storyline was the fact that Finn Balor hasn't defended that title essentially for three months, and that's very disappointing because, obviously, Karrion Cross, when he got injured, was immediately disposed as champion and had to remove the belt from him. Why does Finn Balor get the luxury of keeping the belt? You know, you've always made a very big point about, you know, oh, you know, the champion should defend the belt at least once every 30 days for whatever reason, or even if he doesn't, it's nice to see him on screen regularly. Uh, if Brock Lesnar had done this, people would have lost their shit and been like, he's scum and he's holding hostage and obviously I, I don't you know, believe that to be the case with Finn Balor or Brock Lesnar at this stage um, but it was a little bit like you know I haven't seen this belt properly defended for three months that being said it's a world class match it is exactly what it is I didn't actually think it was as good as the first one which will upset a few people I'm sure Um, maybe time was on their side a bit more as well with the last one which helped I think they went sort of 30 to 40 minutes this kind of felt a little bit shorter 20 25 minutes maybe Um, but it was obviously a technical masterpiece every single match on this show was different to the other which meant that every single one gave you an opportunity to feel and enjoy a different variety a different spectrum of what wrestling is and this was just two physical very highly technically adept wrestlers I'm not a Finn Balor's biggest fan um very similar to Kenny Omega I think he's a world-class athlete with a world-class look I don't like his character I find him boring I don't think he's a very good mic worker that upsets people but there is no questioning the in-ring technicalities I must admit I would probably choose Balor over Omega if I had a choice I think he's just more polished um and I think a lot of that comes down to being in the WWE system. Uh, yeah, and ultimately, he is the original Bullet Club. None of this fucking knockoff shite that you're talking about. By the way, Carl Anderson is the heart of the Bullet Club. Not Kenny Omega, go fuck yourself. I'm uh, <laughs> just putting that out there. Uh, and also Tamatonga, who will literally... Mm-hmm, um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Um, I, I love the tweet that Tamatonga's put oh, out there the
1: that it's, <laughs> it's not a Bullet Club unless you got the Tongans.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's really not. Exactly. You need to up your ethnicity, bruv. Sort it out. It's Mm. It's just like WrestlePlug just ain't the WrestlePlug without its Arab identity. I'm just lying. Um, Somebody needs to put the Cairo effect in order. But this was a great match. Uh, What can can you say about it? I mean, I could sit here and tell you all day about how amazing it was, but you guys already know you saw the match. It was phenomenal. It was world-class. It was two top-quality wrestlers. Uh, It was a very abrupt ending. Disappointed that Carlo Riley tapped out because, for me, he's like the technical master, the submission master, so it was really heartbreaking to see. But i tell you what, the way they sold it at the end and the way he just sat there in the corner so desolate and so miserable – Uh, proved to me why I prefer Kyle O'Reilly to Finn Balor as a character as well as a wrestler, because the facial expressions were there more. That being said, Finn Balor looked actually phenomenal at the end with the blood and the kind of bruising and everything. He looked like a true warrior. He looked a bit like Frank Duke. Frank Duke's at the end of uh, Bloodsport, you know? He's taken the battering, but he stands aloft with what matters most, and that is, of course the NXT championship. Great match. World-class. Not quite as world-class as their first one, though, for me, but still very fitting and worthy of being a main event. And bearing in mind, this wasn't a takeover. This was essentially a mini pay-per-view. For this to just be a weekly TV show, essentially, but with a fancy name, tells you everything you need to know about how... The quality of NXT is in place, and I really don't agree with this um, this running storyline that I'm seeing on dirt sheets, etc. That NXT's ratings have dropped, and that's because Road Dogs fucked it up, or because they're not, you you know, Vince has more of an input, or whatever. I actually think NXT is as good as it's ever been. This this was world class. I love their storylines. Their use of women's wrestling is the best in the world. Period. Nobody else touches them. Impact gets close, but not quite close enough. Um, I, I honestly don't know. How anyone could complain after watching a show like this? There was a plethora of world-class characters, great wrestlers. There were top-quality matches. You had damn near a five-star women's wrestling match, which is becoming more and more the norm, which is fantastic. A nice little prelude to the Rumble as well. Gets you all warmed up nicely. There's loads of content going on obviously the rumble will be at the end of the month you know watching this and listening to you talk about how you'd like to see rhea ripley for instance when the women's rumble i'd like to see damian priest enter the men's rumble all of a sudden now watching this i'm now sitting here thinking oh some of these stars could now interject themselves more into the main roster because nxt feels like an extension as opposed to a developmental program more so indeed Um, excellent world class really loved it any final thoughts mate Uh, a couple of final thoughts
1: um the Ballard tapping out Kyle O'Reilly. I, I'm i wondering if maybe they're trying to transition him to have a new finisher because I don't think he could hit the 1916 on Karrion Cross.
0: I yeah, think no, Kross, Well, I mean, he, he can still hit the coup de gras, can't he? Which, he I, could hit the coup de gras, but I don't think he even I, used does the coup he de grace. Yeah, he, he didn't use the coup de gras.
1: No. He, didn't, he doesn't use the coup de gras in NXT. Maybe in they're
0: time. trying to get away from that a little bit. There are a lot of people. I mean, he did do that—the
1: the one that he does when he's on the the mat and stomps on their chest, hmm. and they call that the coup de gras. So there's that, and then um, the interaction at the end when you know Kyle's in the corner and Adam and Bobby and Roddy are checking on him and. And Adam looks at Finn and is like, fuck off, get away from him. Just, you get away from him. It's like, yeah. don't oh, touch my boy. Don't touch my boy.
0: It's also worth pointing out as well that, uh, obviously, they announced uh, the Dusty Roads Tag Team Classic starts next week, but they're also going to have a women's one, which is phenomenal. Again, mm. well ahead of the curve. And I'm really excited because it, we're not getting the traditional Undisputed Era pairing, we're getting Adam Cole and Roderick Strong. And I think that's yes. very cool. And that that flexes Adam Cole's appearance. Obviously, grizzled young veterans are going to be in there. They are my pick. They are ever rise. I'm behind my boys. Come on, GYV. Ever rise. Don't really care about them. They're going to get swatted by the English Rizango's pads. in it. Um, Rizango versus undisputed areas in the first round. That should be phenomenal. And they'll also obviously. Freak. You've got, got, you've got Undisputed win. Era versus Breezango next week, and you've also got Everrise versus GYV. So, for anyone who hasn't seen GYV, make sure you tune into NXT next week because they are legitimately one of the best tag oh. teams in the world, period. I've obviously yes. had the luxury of watching these guys for years on the Brit Rest scene. Um, I'm thrilled to see them on the main NXT roster as opposed to NXT UK it's going to be superb i cannot wait and obviously there's there's you know imperium's going to be in there as well And now world-class tag team outfit it's shaping up very 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 nicely and of course the winner is probably going to face lawkin and Birch. so sets it up very nicely for a face team to win um be interesting to see who they pick i would like I,
1: to- I would not mind to see johnny gargano and austin theory win do
0: you know what i um it's so difficult isn't it because You know, from a personal aspect, if what Austin Fury has, you know, alleged to have done is proven, then obviously trash, get rid of him. But until that is the case, I have to, you know, I like to be, you know, subjective in the sense of... I want to look at, or objective, however you look at it, and I'd like to sort of say that he was actually very entertaining in what he does, and I actually think him and Gargano have a lot of potential as a tag team as well and should be a lot of fun in there. But the women's one should be fantastic as well. Very. So you've got to think there's going to be Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez in there. That would be, I think, a very, very good idea to have them win and then maybe challenge the women's tag team champions on the main roster at some point. Mm. Um, but either way... Very exciting. Obviously,
1: we are probably going to get uh, Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell.
0: Yes. Yeah, they're most likely going to be a pairing. Um, Shotzi Blackheart and maybe... Maybe Caden Carter and Casey Catanzaro. They're pairing on they? get on very well. Those two, that would seem to be a good pairing. Um, The only problem is, of course, that it's a bit more of a stretch to have women's tag teams, but it's, you know, give them opportunity anyway. You know, you can't build a women's division unless they start from somewhere. uh, Right. tag team division and there's nothing to say that you couldn't bring down one of the powerhouses it'd be very cool uh, if um you know, Io Shirai tagged up with someone like Asuka or something. That'd be very cool. Oh. You could, you know, you know, that's the dream tag team for so many people, isn't it? In the women's division. It's a shame that the Kabuki Warriors aren't still around. Cause I think they'd be a fantastic, uh, little sort of buffer for it, but nothing wrong with using some of the main roster talent, you know? Um, right. I think it would be very, very awesome. So, but nonetheless, great pay-per-view NXT kills it as always. Uh, Yes. Jeremy Miller, thank you very much, mate. I appreciate you coming back onto the WrestleBlog to help us out and discuss this. Anytime, my brother. Anytime. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. That's it for our NXT coverage. Hopefully, you're enjoying our daily reviews of content. And we've already got, obviously, Raw and Impact up. So you can check out my thoughts on Goldberg nope. and uh, <laughs> everything else that comes with that. And of course, Karate Man. You can watch me fapping over even page for 10 minutes oh. to 10. Um, Check it out. It's going to be saucy. Uh, obviously, um, we have. Impact Wrestling's Genesis. We'll drop some predictions for that, most likely tomorrow Friday, so you guys can check that out too. Um, and also, obviously... Uh... We've got Hard to Kill coming the week after that as well. So, oh, there's a uh, so lot good. of content coming, and we hope to cover the majority of it as always. Uh, I will be back to discuss AEW. Jeremy Miller might be joining me for that as well. And I'll definitely be back to discuss SmackDown as well, because it looks like it's going to be a big SmackDown this week, too. If you're liking all this content, make sure you comment, like, subscribe, all that jazz. And most importantly, make sure you click on the bell icon, and that'll give you notifications of any of our content going forward. But from myself, Aaron X and from Jeremy Miller, Make sure you check out Sly Fox Sports Broadcasting, Sly Fox Sports Pod, at Sly Fox Sports Pod on the Twitter, of course. Uh, And until then, we'll catch you very soon for more content from the WrestlePlug. We are out. We are out.